Welcome or welcome back to the Alternative Ideas Podcast. I'm really glad that you're here. My name is Jonathan Brush, and with me is the incomparable David Rethemeyer. Uh, we are here once again to take a look at everything. Well, not everything. Uh, that would be uh, false advertising, David. We're going to look at a few things from what has happened in AI this past week and provide some perspective on that. Um, Two weeks ago, we had a pretty positive uh, kind of show about AI. I think we talked about Star Wars and droids and a bunch of other things. Last week, we had a little note of caution creep into the show as we talked about regulations and had some ideas about that. Um, and David, I think today we're a little bit more on the caution track. Um, we're kind of got a few things, stories that popped up this week that uh, in some cases are head scratching. In uh, some are sort of like darkly humorous from my standpoint, um, <laughs> but it did prompt some ideas. And at least my uh, discussion topic of the day has a little bit of dark overtones or undertones, perhaps, um, just because of some of the developments happened this week. But uh, your story is a pretty interesting one, although maybe when surprised for who could have seen that coming and everybody <laughs> says I could have seen that coming. So what you got, David? Yeah. And so just for a reference for anybody who happens to be watching this for the very first time, uh, first of all, we're happy that you're here. Uh, and second of all, uh, sort of our goal for this is to uh, provide at least more of not necessarily a middle ground, but more of an alternative take on a lot of the uh, news media and publications that are out on AI today. We've got uh, some very different perspectives uh, just from not only a generational standpoint, from uh, just a familiarity with technology standpoint and and uh, we're just hoping to provide a little bit more of a uh, different context for what you might be hearing about uh, artificial intelligence today. Uh, but having said that, today we are looking at uh, something that, yeah, is not terribly surprising. I think we pretty much all could have seen it coming if you have been thinking about AI and its implications. But uh, for those of you who may not have been seeing, so ChatGPT is the pretty much universally like the biggest uh, AI program that is the most popular right now. And OpenAI, the company behind it, just released the source code behind uh, ChatGPT4, which is their latest version. And so now people are able to essentially take some of the structure around ChatGPT and use it to essentially kind of make some of their own versions. And because uh, oh, the reason OpenAI is able to do this is because they're big enough to be able to still keep a hold of their uh, market share and not be too concerned about anybody who is using their source code for this. Uh, and so what has been done with this is that we have now, uh, something called Worm GPT, uh, which is already a rather concerning name, but, uh, the well, basic not idea. Like Rattlesnake GPT. I mean, yeah, I mean <laughs> right? <laughs> David Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, and uh, at least the headline in the uh, article that I have is uh, Worm GPT is a chat GPT alternative with, quote, no ethical boundaries or limitations. Uh, and it's the one of the main purposes behind it that at least it has been used for, at least that is being reported, is that it is helping hackers to create malware and phishing attacks and uh, is basically naturally because it has no guardrails on it being used to do lots of nefarious things that pretty much anybody who has been concerned about ai has been worried about ai getting used for since the beginning so david let me contextualize this a little bit so i think this is the same general principle that google does with android right 
So doesn't mm. Google release the source code for Android so that people can build their own devices and things like that? And then is, is, is that a, is that the correct um, parallel here? So um, actually, I need to go back and uh, apologize and reread something. So it is not their source code. It is called the API, which is basically a development kit that they specifically release to allow other people to develop uh, their own versions based on what they've created. It's not their source code. Uh, I misused the terms there. My apologies. But no, that's all right. I, that's uh, why I asked the clarification. So, yeah. so but but yes, might- you are correct in that uh, lots of like big companies and uh, software development companies release APIs, and Android is a great example of that. So, so in contrast, Go- uh, Apple does not release their API, right? Correct. Okay, yes. so so Google uh, releases their API for Android, and that allows all kinds of third-party people, like, for example, Amazon Kindles run on some version of Android, if I remember correctly, and various other mm-hmm. systems run Android. Okay, so so you have ChatGPT basically taking a page out of Google's playbook here and saying that, hey, we're going to release this API, not source code, David's clarification, for those of you who know what David's talking about, <laughs> which doesn't necessarily include me. Um, and so so now you can build your own version of this. So so Amazon took Android and said, we're going to use this general API and then we're going to basically skin something and we're going to have this thing called Kindle. And so you can get a Kindle Fire, which is basically a tablet, but then also is optimized to run Amazon's content. And so the idea here is that ChatGPT is saying you can take this and basically have a working AI that you can then customize to some extent for your own content and your own um specifications that you need. David, am I tracking correctly in terms of what is going on here? Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. The, the, uh, <laughs> one of the easier ways to think about it is that, uh, it is basically, they're basically allowing people to make their own and to license the work that they have already done and to make other versions of what the product that they've already made or different, uh, different flavors you could think of, uh, per so- se. So I might, for example, if I was a financial advisor, I might take this ChatGPT, um, what'd you call it? API. API. Mm-hmm. ChatGPT API and use it to build a chatbot in my site that was optimized to answer common financial questions um, for investors. Is that, is that, mm-hmm. that yeah. would be a, that would yeah. be a non-nefarious use for this. So, yes. okay. Yes. So, so maybe we should look at both sides of this. So, so to mm-hmm. some extent, and I don't know why I find the Star Wars universe thing so compelling. So to some extent, this is basically like, hey, build your own droid. Um, you know, like you can you can now mm-hmm. build some systems and build some tools that are optimized for your particular business, for your particular uh, need and necessity. And and an API means that yes, you have to have some uh, technological know-how, but you don't have to be a original coder, I guess is that the way to say it, David? In other words, you have mm-hmm. to understand code and some things like that, but you don't have to write it because it's now basically written. You just have to then, you know, write the stuff that implements the core stuff into whatever you're doing. Is that you love my technical terms there, stuff and core stuff. That those are <laughs> those are super, super technical. So Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're you're on the right track here. And yeah, basically <laughs> that's, that's David polite for you have no idea what you're talking about. I'm about to fix this. So go ahead, David. <laughs> yeah. Basically what what you're allowed to do is just take the core functions of what uh what an AI like Chat GPT is able to do, and that is to take in uh, queries from a user, take in what you type into, uh, the, ch- the chat box, uh, and 
and essentially try to understand what the user is looking for and then deliver it. Now, uh, OpenAI is obviously going to keep its massive database of uh, information that it's trained ChatGPT on because that's sort of their competitive advantage uh, that they have accrued via uh, variously amounts of legal ways. Um <clears throat> But, uh, yeah, essentially they're letting other companies use this logic to do other things. So, you know, you can have a financial advisor using it or, uh, the other thing that, uh, I have, uh, heard the example of it being used for is, uh, putting it on medical sites. So right. being able to essentially have a diagnosis. more informed doctor on command rather than just putting your diagnosis into Google and just having Google immediately take it to the WebMD article that says that you have cancer no matter what it is. Uh, well, yeah, but actually my first thought is that's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, like I, I always joke, like if you have a hangnail, WebMD will eventually tell you that you'll die. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but I just feel like with the uh, hallucination problems that ChatGPT has, this is almost certainly, I mean, like, I, I cannot even imagine trusting ChatGPT with a medical diagnosis at this point. I can believe that AI has potential in this area, but when ChatGPT hallucinates about who wrote what book, and we've had our own staff do this, you know, Googled what, you know, we, we've had staff who, ChatGPT has known that the staff wrote certain books and gave them credit for it, and then credited them with 14 other books that they had never written. Um, and so it seems to me that, especially when it comes to medical diagnosis, that's just really fraught for craziness with the hallucination problems that the Yeah, has. it would have to be something that, like, you would have to do a lot of work to it to keep it very strict, and most likely would have to include a bunch of disclaimers for legal reasons, particularly uh, saying, hey, this is not meant to replace a doctor. Do not just type this in and to just get a diagnosis from a doctor. This is just meant, you know, I could see it much more being that type of thing where you put into this chat bot your symptoms and it tells you whether or not you should come in and get these things analyzed by a doctor. Now, naturally, because of how the medical system works today, then there's a good chance it would probably lean towards telling you to go see a doctor and pay the doctor more often than not. But well, cheer up if you're in Canada. It would probably lean towards telling you to go see a doctor to get prescribed for MAID, and then you could kill yourself. So, I mean, there's that. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. So, that's 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 a helpful clarification. So, on one hand, we should be honest here and maybe a little bit more optimistic than we have been recently and say that this is kind of the unshackling of AI allowing – and we might argue this like from a free market perspective – allowing the creativity of – people uh, to use this. So, so people have done some work that built up the logic base. And now all of a sudden it's like, hey, let's turn this loose and see how people can use this. And, you know, I, I think the results can, are going to be pretty exciting with people saying, here, I can, t I can make this thing a better, uh, a better at diagnosis. And maybe we can find people that can stop the hallucination problems. And yes, I can answer your investor questions and all this kind of thing. So in some ways, this is, is quite exciting. And, and it's AI mm -hmm. kind of being turned loose on the creativity of people. And who knows what's going to come next. But... People would be an operative word there, and people mm -hmm. do other things besides cause ChatGPT to fix their hallucinations for medical diagnosis, and instead, they do other things. And so, yeah, the first thing that comes out and gets headlines is <laughs> somebody took this and said, let's see what happens if we strip off all the guardrails and what does this do? So mm -hmm. anyhow, David, does this article go on to say, you know, what are – I mean, so it's hackers um, – yeah, this has got to be a pretty interesting situation for security companies right now. If you're now fighting against not just flesh and blood hackers, but an AI that can, you know, run multiple scenarios well, and things like that, right? 
It is and it isn't. So what's okay. interesting is that I think that it has the potential to create some f- pretty, fairly large concerns. However, at the moment, uh, at, at this current moment, really all it's doing is just replicating what humans have already figured out how to do. So uh, the main thing is that it is able to uh, create a convincing email and a convincing structure for a what's called a phishing attack. So uh, if you have ever gotten an email that looks like, say, for example, it's from Chick-fil-A saying that you have, uh, you know, earned enough re- rewards points to get a free sandwich and you should click here to get the free sandwich. But it's not actually from Chick-fil-A. It's from somebody who's wanting you to enter in your personal information in the guise of getting a free chicken sandwich so that they can then take your information and uh, use it for nefarious purposes. Yeah, right Uh, now, every day somebody's telling me that my business qualifies for uh, COVID refunds. And yeah, I mean, including a lot of businesses I don't own. So, yeah. Yep, exactly. So uh, this this particular uh, case with Worm GPT is that it's really good at creating a lot of those types of things and streamlining that process. But those were things that, frankly, are already in existence. I think uh, so. As of right now, it's not doing anything that's uh, mind bendingly uh, threatening or uh, hugely revolutionary. But I think it has the potential to once people are have more time with this and are figuring figuring out how to essentially make plugins to more advanced systems that will allow it to do more advanced nefarious things. Um, But ultimately, I think this goes back to a point that uh, we talk about a lot on this show is that uh, at the end of the day, this is uh, AI is a tool. And AI is a tool that has the potential to do some really cool stuff and the tool that has the potential to do some really uh, messed up unethical stuff. And really at the root of this, what's interesting is that Worm GPT is basically just an AI that just has no limitations that have been put in place on it, which we actually talked about uh, last week a little bit, that uh, putting some limitations on AI might be a good thing in yeah. some cases. And so this might be, uh, having this come out might be a really good uh, way to incentivize and to showcase the fact that, hey, maybe some limitations on AI are actually you know a really good thing to have. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, it's not the AI itself and its capabilities aren't necessarily going to be the uh, main thing that is evil per se. It's going to be the humans behind it that are using it and tweaking it and using it for uh, evil purposes. Well, so if you're a pessimistic, uh, then this is the beginning of the inevitable uh, AI takeover. If you're an optimist, this is the beginning of the great creativity explosion for AI. And I think it's probably typically a little bit of both. But David, along with this comes a, uh, Elon <laughs> Musk along to save us. And uh, this this uh, article is from The Guardian. Um, I Yeah, there's so much about this article and I'm not sure how Elon much of it is Musk the is subject just- or – such a fascinating figure uh, for so many reasons, and especially with how anything he does gets reported in the news media is yeah. endlessly fascinating to me. So I don't know if this is an AI story, if this is a human interest story, if this is a media story. It's probably a little bit of all those things. Um, and so there's some really wild um, stuff here. So, so first of all, it's the headline. Elon Musk launches AI startup and warns of a Terminator future. 
Now, I just wonder, like, who wrote that headline, right? I mean, is that a self-contradictory headline? Is that a what is there? Th- I mean, there's just so much in there, and I guess it works because I was like, I've definitely got to click on this. So, mm-hmm. um, and then and then the subtitle is Tesla boss claims pro-humanity in quotes XAI offers realistic alternative to pausing development of super intelligence, which is a mouthful. All right, so. Elon Musk has launched an. I'm just going to go through this article. Elon Musk has launched an artificial intelligence startup that will be pro-humanity, as he said the world needed to worry about the prospect of a Terminator future in order to avoid the most apocalyptic AI scenarios. Now, David, it's been a really long time since I've seen Terminator, so <laughs> I think I think there's like it's obviously been a while since Guardians saw Guardians all this too. So I think the whole point of Terminator is Skynet eliminates humanity. But the Terminator is, in fact, an AI that comes back to rescue humanity. Did I remember the plot line reasonably? I mean, I, I saw Terminator when it first came out, so this is a long time ago. So uh, is this is this right? Is it, I mean, I, that's I, right because the Terminator Schwarzenegger is a robot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So so yeah, you have so basically, I think what the Guardian is trying to say is that Elon Musk is trying to create the Arnold Schwarzenegger AI, not the Kill everybody. Skynet AI, right. Yeah, Skynet yeah. AI, which if I remember correctly, was a dude with man with no eyes, sunglasses, and blonde hair, spiky, right? Was that, I think that's right. It's a long time since I saw the movie, David. It's been a while um, for me, too. Okay. <laughs> Not as long as me, I guarantee you. True. <laughs> so, all right. And then there's this winner of a line. This is absolutely blows my mind, this line right here. Musk said XAI would seek to build a system that would be safe because it was maximally curious – First of all, is maximally a word? Maximally? Curious? I don't know. Well, so this it's is, Elon Musk. So at this point, he just turn. gets to yeah. make up words at this okay. point and people will tout his brilliance. It's got an so. X in it. So it's clearly a Musk. A Ooh, yes. Okay. <laughs> maximally curious about humanity rather than having moral guidelines programmed into it. Okay. General listeners and viewers, I'm going to read that one more time. Musk said XAI would seek to build a system that would be safe because it was maximally curious about humanity rather than having moral guidelines programmed into it. Okay, the philosopher, ph- philosopher, 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 me, no X's in that, just wants to say, so where is the a priori assumption that curious AIs protect people without moral guidelines? Is curiosity a moral System? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then the next segment from an AI, this is a quote, from an AI safety standpoint, dot, 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 I don't know what was said in between there, a maximally curious AI, one that is trying to understand the universe, is, I think, going to be pro-humanity. Which implies, yeah, which implies that an AI that is not, quote unquote, maximally curious is going to be anti-humanity somehow. there's a there's a large heaping scoop of uncertainty in there. From a safety standpoint, a maximally curious AI, one that's trying to understand the universe, is I think going to be pro-humanity. What exactly prompts one to think that? The, I mean, I don't understand the logic behind that statement, right? Um, and so then it goes on to say, yeah, he called for it to be paused, but that's not realistic. So. Which is just hilarious in itself. If so not basically, he it, said, if you can't beat him, join him. Right. Beat him, in his case, or yes. make him more curious. Um, and then he said, there's a possibility of a darker future. No kidding. Um, and so, yeah, and, and it goes on from there. And you can read the rest of the article if you want. But but there's just some wild stuff in here. Um, 
curiosity rather than ethical controls uh, that I think a curious AI will guard humanity. I don't understand. I have a curious dog. I don't know <laughs> why that gives him an ability to be better equipped at guarding me from an attacking bear. I, I mean – Right. Your capabilities to advocate for something are different than your capabilities to be curious about something. I don't see how those two are related. Well, and I could even go a step further. I mean, my curious dog is more likely to find a bear and tick him off than, I mean, right? I mean, like, (laughs) dog's like, what is in this cave? Oh, wow, it's a bear. Get out of here. The bear comes out ticked off. I mean, that that seems to be more of a realistic scenario. The dog is like, I'm curious. Therefore, I'm going to do a better job at protecting Jonathan. I mean, there's just some some really interesting things there. So, So anyhow, that's, you know, does it have a darker undertone? Yes. I mean, and then you got to wonder, it's like, is, is Musk, I don't know, there's an interesting, is a populace who is scared of the Terminator more willing to do things? Yes, certainly. What exactly is Musk hoping to do here? I don't know. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, and if you look at the at the website, which is literally uh, like www.x.ai, which uh, kudos to him for getting that domain because that's a creative one. Yeah. Um, he like literally there's so little information on it. Uh, it'll be linked down in the uh, description below, along with everything else we talk about today. Uh, it, it's basically like it's only line that's on there is that its goal is to understand the true nature of oh, the right, universe. Yeah, yeah that, uh, goodness, that is that is a goal. That is wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I was going to come up with that with some of my discussion later uh, is that there was a, just a breathtaking claim there. But before, you know, before I actually trip the trigger and get on my soapbox, David, um, what is it that you wanted to, I mean, did you want to keep on here with the uh, Elon Musk thing or did you have some, <laughs> want to turn us in slightly different directions before we get back on the soapbox? So. Uh, yeah, no, I th- I think this is the perfect opportunity to get onto the soapbox here. And I think this is a good transition into what you were wanting to talk about. So I'd say fire away. Well, yeah. So I saw that too, David. I saw Musk saying, you know, and and I there there is again, there's a juxtaposition here that I think is really essential for people to keep in mind. There's a slate of hand that I'm not willing to say is deliberate and, and for some nefarious superpower reason. I, I think there's a bit of human nature that's playing in here. And, and bear with me for a second because this is going to be a weird juxtaposition. Um, Literally right before this, so Dave and I were on a meeting for the company we worked for, Unbound, um, prior to this, and then there was a little bit of a gap. Um, and during that gap, I went down. Um, I, I'm working from home, and so I, I, I went down to the river, which is below my house, and I went down there because my son has built a canoe, two canoes actually, and this is its first test, uh, first time hitting the water. Because he's preparing um, this Friday to go on a canoe trip that will take him from our backyard to the Chesapeake Bay, which is many hundreds of miles away. And so that'll be one, two, three, four, like four river systems and then uh, into the Chesapeake Bay. So it's it's a it's a big trip and it's one he's been playing on for a while. And he's built the canoe and the gear that takes him. And um, and so this is the, the first the maiden voyage, if you want, of this canoe going in the water. And we were testing it out and seeing how it worked. OK, so the point is that there's something uniquely human about that. There's something uniquely specific about that. There's something that cannot be replaced on a screen, right? So that's a very human thing to do. And then, and there's like, there's a piece of this that all makes sense, right? Like that there's something visceral about building a boat, about putting it on water and watching it float and then experiencing nature and reality as you go down this river, right? 
Um, and then you kind of come over and somebody who's about as visceral as you can get, somebody who makes rockets for crying out loud and cars and, and, and high ends of technology that physical stuff that blast off and go into space, right? I mean, cause this is a wild, you know, that, that's, that's kind of taking boat building to the extreme, right? <laughs> Truss had a line that says, I'm going to build a machine that can understand reality. There's a there's a logical disconnect in that statement that if we're not careful, we will let slide by like that made sense. That that would I'm trying I'm trying to search for the analogy here, David. That would be like this to some extent, that'd be like my son saying, I'm going to build a canoe that will show me that will that will allow the river to teach me how to make the best canoe possible. Like, like the canoe is going to teach him when mm. in fact, what's going to happen is he's going to build a canoe that, that is going to interact with reality that, that is going to teach him something about how to do that, but that he is going to have to evaluate what feedback it was. It too tippy. Did it turn too fast? Did it attract too little? Did it take on too much water? Did it sit too high? Was it too slow? I mean, like he's going to have to evaluate all those things and then define that and go for it again. But there's something illogical about this idea that we will build something that then somehow surpasses the builder in knowing, and especially when something mm -hmm. when it comes to truth. And, you know, I think this what's wild to me is that news, news outlets are reporting that and making that statement sound normal when it would be about the most non-normative thing anybody's ever said. There's really no place in history where people realistically thought that what they created was able to surpass the creator. I can think except, of a couple of scenarios. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I'm going. <laughs> except if you're talking about pagan religions and creating idols. And that then becomes the very definition of creating an idol, right? So mm -hmm. in a pagan religion, you would build an idol out of wood. And if you're a Christian, and if you're not a Christian, hang with us. This is not just a religious statement, okay? So so hang with me for a second here. Uh, you know, the Old Testament is full of the God of the Israelites saying, this is ridiculous. You're building a piece of wood that I made. You, you I made you, and you're making something else, and then you think that this piece of wood is going to rule over you. You made this calf to rule over you, he says to the Israelites in Exodus when Moses goes up to get the Ten Commandments, and 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 Aaron has the people, you know, throw the jewelry into the fire, and they, you know, cast a golden calf and says, "This is your God." And basically, what they're saying is that this thing that we made now surpasses us, and it knows more than we do. And we, as moderns, look at that and say, "Well, that just is absolutely." Crazy. I mean, I'm going to take a piece of wood, carve it, put a face in and say, oh, this is a God. And yet that is the very definition of what we're doing. And my point here, whether you're Christian or not, is that societies that can actually find their way forward are not societies that make idols, that make obvious idols and think that those idols have the ability to superior, be superior to those that made them. And societies that do that go down some pretty interesting dead ends and that often have really bad consequences for the people um, in those dead ends, maybe a la Terminator. Uh, and so a, a right ordering of what exactly it is that you're creating and who created whom and for what reason and how you define truth 
that ends up being a pretty important thing. And I think, to quote Elon, it would be behoove us to be maximally curious about truth <laughs> before we start creating machines to figure it out for us. So anyhow, I will now carefully step off the soapbox before I start foaming at the mouth. And sure. uh, yeah, there's just some there's some big ideas that I think are just not being unpacked on a bunch of headlines that are assuming some really breathtaking assumptions that I think lead in some some significantly um, impactful ways, mm -hmm. impactful places. So yeah. yeah, yeah, I think really just what we're seeing is that this is just a uh, another aspect of. Uh, Really, what all of what I, idolatry is, and of what uh, worshiping idols is, is that it's taking uh, taking something and elevating it because it is something that is advantageous to you. Ultimately, any sort of idol worship at the end of the day is is out of thinking that you will get something out of it that is God. that is better. Uh, and so in this specific case, there's you know, a bunch of different cases of this happening throughout history, but in this specific case with, uh, with artificial intelligence to an extent, I think it's looking to AI to be able to process and learn and understand. Basically, it's, it's a god of information is almost what it is, uh, in how it's being presented. And essentially, it's not, uh, us casting an idol saying, you know, because we have this idol, it is, uh, this God is going to allow us to do what we want. And so this idol of AI is going to allow us to surpass our human limitations. And what we have created is going to allow us to make us better than how we were originally intended to be. And there's just a whole lot that is problematic about that. But I think ultimately the primary thing is that it is looking to something that is created as a source of value for who you are as an individual is that if you are looking to something like this to make yourself basically like find, find your fulfillment, find your purpose. If you're looking to something created to find purpose, you are ultimately never going to find satisfaction because at the end of the day, at least in the framework that we are coming from, from a Christian perspective is that the only way that you can find true fulfillment in read the reality is by looking to the creator of reality and finding what he says and looking to him for fulfillment. Yeah, I think it's excellent points, David. And I think that, and this is a, you know, I said earlier, even if you're not really just uh, hang with us for a second, so it's important points we made. And I would, I would ask you to still hang with us, but this is a more of a religious statement based on our Christian worldview. Um, and that is that I think that there's a, a, um, a reality of the universe that says that there is a hierarchy of making that there's less derivative value as you go down the chain. Right. So in other words, God created humans. And so there's an aspect here that humans, by the very nature of the the the, the foundations of the universe, do not surpass God in glory. And mm. then I think that that is also true as you come down. Right. That which humans create will not surpass God in glory. Um, and so, you know, and that would that would apply to a carved idol. But it applies just as much to a highly sophisticated, coded, maximally curious AI um, that that still in this hierarchy 
there there is a value level that does not translate. Um, that that there's a there's a a, a loss of value, a, a a lessening of value as you go down, and that there's a there's something foundationally important about that. That if we get that mixed up, there's a really good uh, possible. Well, not a good possibility. There's, there's a there's ample evidence is the way I should say it. There's ample evidence that if you look at that in history, when those that has mixed up, that's almost always when things go badly. And um, well, you know, bad ideas lead to bad consequences, and those consequences can really disproportionately hurt certain people, especially uh, people that have less power. And so, mm-hmm. as as you know, maybe our big alternative idea for this podcast is to to understand the impact of some of these ideas, right? So these, there are ideas out here, so much are bad. So it's a great idea to make ChatGPT hallucinate less and then become a more accurate, helpful um, way to diagnose illness online. That I think that's a really good value add for humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's uh, another idea that is we should create an AI that has no ethical constraints and uh, hope that if it's curious, it will help pr- protect humanity. Probably an idea that has significant consequences and not necessarily positive ones. Uh, there ought to be those of us who step up and say, I call a flag in this play and want us to sort of stop and think and consider a little more before we just, you know, read the headline, shrug our shoulders. And it's like, oh, there's there's Elon over there creating something interesting again. I guess that'll turn <laughs> out well. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and I think this ultimately leads into uh, kind of the final point that I was hoping to, for us to discuss today, and that is that uh, <clears throat> something that we have talked about a lot over the course of this podcast and uh, even over the course of this episode is uh, the importance of humanity, and uh, especially in the context of advancing technology and AI, why being human and the nature of that, uh, and trying to basically undermine and uh, supplant that in any way has major consequences. And uh, I thought it would be good to kind of cap off this episode that has had a little bit more of a uh, critical or uh, uh, warning tone with uh, just a discussion of why we think that's so important. And I think we've just talked about it uh, quite a bit, but I think just uh, as sort of a refresh and a bit of a summation that uh human being human because uh we are created beings and we are created with purpose is one of the most important impactful things that we can recognize as truth is that the fact that we have been we have been created first and foremost and that we are created with purpose we are created as individuals all of those things uh philosophers and theologians have been uh trying to wrap their minds around it for as long as uh we have been on this earth uh is some of the most impactful things that we can uh understand and we can uh appreciate uh and so Whenever we look to technology to essentially say being human is not enough, we need more than humanity. We need to be able to create something that will allow us to surpass our humanity. That's where essentially the whole idea of transhumanism 
comes in is that if you go towards that, if you follow that logic is that you're going to be looking to essentially what uh, other cultures have been doing for centuries and what humanity has been doing uh, as long as they've existed, which is looking to something other than the uh, other than the purpose that their creator has given them to find fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are big ideas. And I think that maybe as we finish up here uh, is if you're listening to this, there are big ideas that all of a sudden have local importance. Mm -hmm. And that's really always true of big ideas. So uh, the big ideas that are sweeping society uh, often come home and have the biggest impacts in your local neighborhood. And often with the least of these, uh, with the people that are kind of at the bottom of the social ladder. And mm -hmm. so AI, there's nothing to, to think that AI would not be different here, that the implications of AI will find a local impact. And, and, and many of those will be positive. And we've certainly had many episodes about that. And I, I assume we will in the future. And, and there's some really exciting potentials and possibilities and things like that. Uh, but some of them will not be. And so it, it, it's worth even if you're not a tech person, even if you're not really fascinated with AI, you obviously have some interest if you're listening to this episode or watch this episode. Um, but to, to think about this and, and to just spend a little time considering, um, I'll finish this and then I'm teaching a class tonight for a class that we offer students called Navigate. And it's about how to make wise decisions. And to some extent, uh, what we say in that class and we say it in a bunch of different ways and we give our students tools and techniques to think this through, it's to that, that people who are willing to stop and, and reflect on what happened and the implications of what happened are people that ultimately do better going forward, right? So that all of us have the situation where the next thing is in front of us and, and that can be all kinds of different things. And we can either just sort of keep doing the next thing and never consider what happened. Or we can be the kind of people that take the next thing and say, what are the implications of this? What is this useful for? What is the good and what is the bad that comes out of this? And that reflective piece we teach our students, that, that little pause to reflect, that is the big mark of difference between people who are quote unquote successful and those that are not. And successful in this case, case means people that have a bigger influence and a bigger, bigger impact on their world and the people around them. And so I guess our, our call to you and our encouragement to you would be to do that. When these AI headlines came racing in, stop and say, what exactly does it mean to be maximally curious? Is that a really good safeguard, uh, protecting humanity? What, what is, what is the, the goal here? And so there's a terrible, terrifying headline. Worm GPT is about to, you know, do all this damage. But what is the other side of that? What are the good things that could come from the fact that, uh, chat GPT is, uh, open AI is releasing their API? And, and, and what are some of the things that come out of that? And, and all of those are reflective pieces. And so, as we hurtle towards new horizons, uh, things that we've not seen before as a as a culture and as a as a people, uh, having folks who stop and reflect uh, can often be the difference between where we ultimately end up and can be the difference about where you and your family ends up. So that would mm -hmm. be an alternative idea that is probably worth considering. Well, and I think that uh, hopefully, if you've listened all the way through this episode, uh, you have quite a few uh, alternative ideas that you have uh, listened to. And despite all of the uh, headlines about uh, Terminator AI, hacking AI, and uh, all of the implications therein, uh, we hope that uh, you leave a little more uh, curious for your own sake, not for the sake of developing a maximally curious AI, but uh, hopefully curious enough to uh, let us know uh, what you thought about uh, this episode and about some of the ideas that we posited. We would love to hear from you in uh, the comments down below. 
And at the end of the day, if this all gets too much for you, don't forget to go to your local river or trail or woods or nature <laughs> walk and mm-hmm. uh, reconnect. And remember, there's a big old physical world out there that far surpasses anything that AI can or will produce likely in terms of fascination and interest. And uh, sometimes just a return to reality is all that needs to get you the perspective to be reflective. And as we mention often on this podcast, if you're looking for an alternative idea when it comes to preparing for your future, uh, may we suggest Unbound's Ascend program. And at this point, if you're listening to this episode shortly after it's released, uh, most people have college plans, but there's a group of you out there who have decided that you're not going to college. You could have, but you decided not to. Um, and you decided that that was too expensive and you weren't sure what you wanted to do. And so you're going to stay home and work instead. And so first of all, we applaud you for that decision. Uh, that's uh, in, in our from my perspective, that's, there's some wisdom in that. Uh, but we might also suggest that there are a few missing pieces that if you had those, it can make all the difference in how this year is going to go. And so if you're curious about those missing pieces and want to learn more about them, go to don'twastethisyear.com. That's don'twastethisyear.com. And you can find out information about Ascend and the program that we offer, but also uh, several webinars that we've recorded that you can get access to there uh, that discuss some ways that you can make sure that you don't waste this year and make it one of the best that you've ever had and do the kinds of things that will actually prepare you and set you up for success. So check out don'twastethisyear.com to learn about Unbounce Ascend program and some of the options that are available for you. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode of the Alternative Ideas Podcast. We'll be back next week. We hope to see you then. 